stories that define your story beyond your life. Like the day they arrived. I'm Colonel G.T. Webber from Army Intelligence. Pack your bags. You're at the top of everyone's list when it comes to translations. Priority one. What do they want? Where are they from? You'll be reporting to me, but you'll be working with him when you're in the show. That's what they call him, the UFO. Not everyone is wired for what you're about to do. So what do they look like? You'll see soon enough. Every 18 hours, a door opens up. That's where we go in. Good evening, everybody. We are back once again for another brand new episode of Discussing Who. And we are all on arrival here tonight, and arrival being the key word. So I want to talk first with someone who I bent the laws of physics and time and space to get in at the very end of our last episode. So I'm going to make sure he's first in this episode, which is Mr. Lee Shackelford. Hey, Lee. Hi, guys. Hey. So, how goes the life of Lee? Um, it's it's. This is very weird because you've bent the laws of time and space. I'm um, <laughs> I'm living on another planet now here in the 2030s. And, uh, and well, uh, well, cold it's, it's weird. It's weird to hear your voice sounding so young now. It's, Yep, you're on, you know, you're probably on your, you know, 600-year diary by now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so tell me this, uh, how, how goes the Relativity podcast? Uh, we are getting ready to have our first uh, extensive rehearsal on awesome. Friday. So that means we'll be recording the first 10 episodes shortly after that. So uh, we're going to do it all in one great go. So, and if people don't know what we're talking about, please go to relativitypodcast.com and see the, the project I'm cooking up there. So, well, so curious, curious are you, are you guys doing that all on location or are you kind of doing it over the airways or how, how's it actually going down? Yeah, it's set in space. So we're, we're <laughs> going to record it <laughs> on location. Um, no, it, uh, yeah, this, that's part of why it's taken us a while to get this together. Is that it's uh, there's two actors and one is in Los Angeles and one is in North Carolina, so we have the three hour time difference between us. But yeah, we're going to basically do it over, uh, just like we're doing now. We're going to do it with Skype, awesome. and uh, record all of our bits. And and you and know then what? I'll spend a while doing post as you <laughs> as Kyle has learned. Yeah, and that's you know, but to, you know what? That is actually one of the most fun things about doing this. I mean, don't get this wrong, guys. I enjoy talking to you guys, but the episodes that we have where we have all of the clips interjected within that to me is one of the most fun things is to listen to that finished product. And you've got that entire thing that you've created and woven this, even if it's just a review story where you're talking about whatever you've, woven these clips and had have this overall narrative which is kind of fun to do so it's i i I love it i absolutely yeah i i I wish i could make a living doing that stuff so yeah well Um, someone needs to give us all three a whole 
uh, truckload of money so that mm-hmm. we can just sit here all day and <laughs> podcast yeah. for a living. Doing post, yeah. Exactly. Well, speaking <laughs> of another voice we heard just a moment ago, uh, the gentleman that has been with us since day one and is still with us, Mr. Clarence Brown. Hey, Clarence. Hey, how's it going? Glad to be back for this show. Um, I don't have anything quite as um, exciting going on on my end, but <laughs> hopefully we can have a, a new episode of the Technician Podcast out soon for you guys. So we have, have to get our December episode out, which we're, we're doing monthly now. So uh, eventually we're going to bump that cadence up. But for now, we're doing monthly and just enjoying it and just glad to be back. Well, coming off of your last episode of listening to your last episode, I'm looking forward to the next one. So uh, put that as a little bit of incentive for the next one. Awesome. Good deal. Well, guys, it's good to have all three of us together again and talking about something that's not Doctor Who, even though there's absolutely nothing wrong with talking about Doctor Who. I mean, who knows? We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Doctor Who, you know, talking about all of this. Um, But... um, what we are talking about tonight is Arrival, the movie. So, Lee, I, I want to let you uh, go first because um, your wife actually has uh, thought extensively and has even written <laughs> about Arrival. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of give us the inside peek into um, that whole article. Yeah, I told her I was about to run to my office to... Uh to record a podcast about Arrival. And she said, ooh, I want to be on it. I said, (laughs) well, you'd be more than welcome. Yeah, where is she? (laughs) Tell her her to come on. She's grading papers. No, she's she's being a conscientious professor, and she's actually looking at her student dissertation. So, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I I had been talking it up to her from the traders and from advanced press that I've been reading. I've said, you know, I think this is, uh, I think you're really going to want to come see this with me. I think this is right up our, our, uh, our shared alley here. Um, and, uh, it, uh, for me, for us, it did not disappoint that it was everything that we were hoping it would be a, uh, a, a forward thinking, um, uh, intelligent and yet, uh, deeply emotional science fiction film. And, uh, I, I, I guess we, 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 we have the implicit spoiler, uh, warning already right we, we can talk about plot points right yeah uh yeah. ringing the uh, ringing the cloister bell right now okay uh, yeah. you know spoilers ahead i, I guess i the, in this day and age we just don't expect anybody to listen to a podcast about a movie if they don't want to have the plot spoiled for them so um but um yeah we we were uh, i had high expectations for the film and they were actually surpassed Really? So, it, yeah, it wow. was everything that I wanted it to be and a lot more. So, um, and, um, yeah, you, I, 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 I look forward to talking with you more about it. All right. Yeah, so, you know, I'm looking at the cast. So we've got Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, yeah. Forrest Whitaker, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Stolberg. I, uh, I don't know if i pronouncing that correctly. Who knows if he says Stolberg or I don't know. Um, Even had the Slatters guy in there. Yeah, Mark O'Brien and TZI right. Ma. I'm not sure. <laughs> Zai Ma, Zai Ma. Probably Z. Z Ma. Uh, okay. I'm not sure, yeah. So, um, Clarence, you, you just saw it today, am I correct? Yes, it's fresh on the brain. All right, so since it, since you've just seen it and it's completely fresh for you, tell tell us, give us the Reader's Digest setup for the story. <sighs> so, um 
the story takes place uh well what happens in the story is we get these 12 structures that appear throughout the whole world and the whole really motive is to try to find out why these aliens are here and try to communicate with them in some type of way to figure out what exactly is going on and i'm after even after just seeing the movie, I still have a lot of questions <laughs> that I want to ping Lee with because it was some things I just didn't understand by the time the movie was over with. And he probably knows what I'm talking about <laughs> in a lot of ways. Uh, but, yeah, so they, they tapped this linguist um, played by Amy Adams, uh, Dr. Banks or Professor Banks. And she is one of the lead most experts in language. And she's going to try to, uh, along with, 12 other stations around the world try to com- figure out what exactly is going on and how can we communicate with these aliens? How can we figure out their language and talk to them? I think Clarence has given a really good summation there and, and, and he's touched right on one of the things that was most exciting to me about the film in the first place was that the simple fact that the problem is going to be language means that this is going to be a- an adventure of the mind. And um, I, I was looking forward to a film that wasn't going to be about um, people uh, about b- blowing up uh, trucks and uh, you know and, and watching buildings fall down. I'm, I've, I've, I've just gotten weary of it. I am weary yeah. of watching CGI yeah. buildings fall down. I don't care anymore. And um, and I think uh, I don't know. I think maybe the the message is getting through. I think a lot of people are saying the same thing <laughs> that really we'd like to be treated like adults here. And um, and this is a film that really treats you like an adult. You've got to be paying attention. You've got to be thinking. And you've got to have some life experience. Yeah. I think um, one of the things that, that got under uh, uh, got to our hearts very quickly, uh, my, my wife and me, is uh, that it's, uh, in a lot of ways, a film about being a parent, um, yes. about the choices you make in life and the things that you're willing to give up to have that experience. And... Um, I'm really eager to see the film again now that I've gotten to the twist at the end. <laughs> yeah. That, that, <laughs> yeah. That, that, you know what? I have to say, like, I was on board from just seeing the trailers, and I'm sure Kyle has even seen the trailers. I, I was on board with seeing the trailer. I kind of I knew what I was getting into. I had heard that, you know, a lot of people were giving this movie rave reviews. You know, I've heard even heard one podcaster that I really trust, you know, that uh, podcast I listen to a lot and he loved the movie, you know, and I, I'm usually wrong along the same sensibilities as him. And I have to say, man, I just, it, it threw me kind of for like an interstellar loop at the end. I was, you know, for the first 45 minutes or I'm sorry, first three quarters of the movie, I was on board because I knew, I knew what I was getting into. I knew what it was all about, you know, um, but by the time we decipher what this language is, which, you know, this language that they're trying to understand has much of a God complex sentimentality to it or whatever, where it's, there's no mince, there is no sense of, of time. It's, and, I, and maybe you can explain further, but I really still don't completely understand what the language means. I'm thinking that the language has something to do with a the ability to go forward or backward in time and and when you understand the language completely, I don't know. But by the time we get to the twist, I'm just 
shocked yeah. <laughs> by I, what happened and what I, it's all it's a, about. It becomes I, an awful lot to take in. It's true. It's, all right, yeah. so let me, you know, let me let, let me throw in real quick here. So let's not get to, let's wait for the twist until the very, very end. So let's, for anybody that's listening that wants to wait for the twist, I want, I want to go back and talk about the overall concept of wanting to understand their languages. Because we've seen that just a little bit in other movies, but not to the depth that it was done in this movie even to the point to where they even gave them nicknames for the what was it uh abbott and costello wasn't it yeah certainly certainly you know so so you know they're getting into actually trying to decipher this alien language which you know we come from watching doctor who and you've got the artists doing that for you you've got yeah. the universal translators on you know yeah. so that's that's even a you know it's not even really thought about in a lot of what we watch because that's just taken care of for you whereas this movie spent so much time actually using that as the main focus so what did uh lee i'll ask you that what did you think of focusing so much on the language uh, well, yeah, like I think that's what I was trying to say earlier, that for me, that was the great appeal, um, because that's something I'm interested in, is the um, the ways in which um, understanding someone else's language, you know, between us as humans who, who speak different languages, um, as soon as we get into that process, we begin to find that we are so much more similar than we are different. And you do have to enter a mindset of how other people's languages are constructed. And this, this script takes you deeply into that idea uh, to the extent that your, your mind, your perception of how the universe works is changed by, by learning to, to speak or to understand this other language, which is, um, I, I, Clarence, I, maybe you, you may be getting hung up in trying to make all this make literal sense. And, and what, <laughs> what moved me about it was that it, that I, I'm experiencing it poetically. Does that make okay. sense? That I think, yeah. there, for one thing, there is a gigantic time travel paradox in this film, and yes. it, and you can stay <laughs> up all night worrying about that, or you can. My say head hurts. It, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, for clarity's sake, I'm talking about the fact that the, there is a world-saving moment where uh, Louise, uh, Amy Adams' character, she has a piece of information that is going to make all the difference. And then we'll later learn that she's given that piece of information in the future. Yeah. So where did that piece of information actually come from? (laughs) So, yeah, certainly, certainly. Um, the, the, and you know, it's like every great time travel movie has got to have something like that in it. You know, something that (laughs) doesn't seem to have a beginning or an end, but they should have played Um, Beethoven's fifth while they were, uh, trying to figure out all of that. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Another good example. Or, uh, right. Um, the pocket watch in uh, somewhere in time doesn't seem to come from anywhere. If you know yeah, that film, exactly. Um, but, but you uh, know, Lee, what what was even more disturbing about that scene that you just mentioned is like when she is told that piece of information in the future, she doesn't remember 
that she's been told it because she's <laughs> not been told it yet. That's right. Uh, she's experiencing oh, that for God. the first time so that she can change her behavior in the past. Uh, yes, that's that yes, that will give you a headache. It's, <laughs> I think it's a different dimension or something and you get to that point. I, I don't know. It is. I, I have to think that, that she's able to rewrite her own timeline Time so on. that her timeline will come into existence. That's yeah, that's uh, <laughs> I, so but uh, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I I want to mention like one thing I thought was brilliant when you just want to talk about the language. You know, they had these the the governments around the world were doing around the world were doing different things to try to decipher this language. And what she did was so simple. What you would do with a little kid, she just like drew it on a board and started doing it that way to try to learn their language. And you know, writing human on a board and pointing to herself pointing to her comrades there. I thought that was so simple and so elegant, but yet once we get our head in the clouds of trying to be so technically brilliant and I'm going to figure out all these ways of trying to learn a language, she just went to a very, very simple visual aid that allowed them to start the chain of communication. I thought that was great. I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Okay, we'll go back and look at the way we've communicated for, you know, how... You know, for hundred, let's let I mean, let's use the written, the written language. You know that we've yeah. written about for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. Just because you can create a book online without actually having to write a single word of that now, with the way technology is, that does mm-hmm. not replace, um, you know, the handwritten notes that it you know people had all hundreds and hundreds of years and I guess where I'm going with that is sometimes what worked before is so much better but we've gotten so enamored with our technology mm-hmm. and loving our oh well you know let's google translate or whatever yeah. you know that's just I think something that we do and it's easy to get lost in that so I think yeah. that that yeah. point that you're making is a good example of that you know like I said to- See, even to that point, I wonder, like anybody that's truly a language nerd, you know, mm-hmm. we, we look at technology and geek culture or whatever. Uh, how does a language nerd view this movie? Because I think she had a lot of good and I got to get credit, I guess, to the writers. She had a lot of good um, insight into they're trying to find out this question. Why are you what is your purpose for being here? And she just like breaks down this sentence into some like real language nerd stuff yeah. <laughs> of saying, well, we got to learn this first in order to see what they're suggesting. And she blah, blah, blah. We got to figure out the pronouns. And all. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was great. Very, very awesome to see that amount of geekdom put into a, just a simple <laughs> sentence that they're trying to figure out. It's true. And, but the sentence is and what she proves is the sentence is not is not simple at all. Definitely. That it's full of kind of giant concepts. Um, yeah, and I'm enough of a language nerd that I that, that aspect of the film was really, that really had me buzzing. <laughs> I, and that's one of the things I was looking forward to about it, of course. But, uh, you know, it's it's true. It's um, All right, so, so help me out here and help me, you know, help me recall this. So there were 12, how many, 12 spaceships, right? Yeah. And so each one of those, and for anybody listening, this is kind of setting it up. So there were 12 spaceships, each carrying a piece of the overall, 
message. Is is that correct? Am I, mm. Well, that's, that's not they, quite how I read it, but is it? Is that how yeah, you got it, Clarence? Or? Uh, well, I mean, they kind of allude to that, but in the end, I don't think it really matters because the way that she's able to figure out what's going on, I don't, I don't think it matters that each other one has a piece of the message or whatever. Um, yeah, that again, like I, I get really confused on the last <laughs> thirty minutes of this of this movie, and I think that's a part of it where they're trying to figure out what association this one ship has in relation to all the rest of them and and then you know they're still spouted off like it's saying weapon what does weapon mean and then there's big 20 minute sequence so we're trying to figure out what weapon means and all this stuff it's mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit much for, all right so, for, all right, so for the popcorn seeker all right so so let me <laughs> yeah. let, let me throw this at you so let's let's assume for a moment that that the aliens when they came did not maybe they you know i understand the time aspect of it but what if their intent of having that even if that didn't happen or didn't did happen or did not regardless of that but if they did have the 12 you know uh they arrived in 12 different places and each of them had a a piece of that message and the intent of a understanding that the humans if they had the time aspect did not per se work together that the best case scenario could have been that forced them to bring out the best of themselves and work together that could have been an intent whether it happened or not that could have been part of that intent there i I think that the 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 film's ideas its big ideas uh touch on some of the things that are best about close encounters of the third kind and about 2001 a space odyssey um and in, in both of those films, we get the impression that a superior intelligence oh, and cosmos also a cosmos in a big way. So uh, all three of those films that I, that I love, they all have this idea of a superior uh, intelligence that is to a degree testing us to see if we're ready. And and in this film, that seems to be the test, because the only way to get through this is for the people representing those 12 nations that the the aliens have uh, sort of parked their ships over, uh, those people have got to talk to each other. Yeah, that's yeah. the only way out of this. And, and and there was a part of me that I think was subconsciously hoping that's where this plot was going. And so I was very gratifying when that when that's what happened because I I don't know uh, we're all guys here talking about this. I, I I don't know. Are you familiar with this this um, this theory, this idea of sociology and psychology that as men, we tend to think hierarchically and women tend to think consensually. Elaborate a little bit. I, I, I've heard that yeah. before, but, but elaborate it. So just but for it, someone, there is this sort of idea that, 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 that the three of us just naturally waking up in the morning, we're inclined to uh, give orders, follow orders, ask who's in charge want to make sure people know we're in charge it's all about the the hierarchy whether we're conscious of it or not it's just it's in our dna and we're wired that way whereas women tend to be tend to relate to the world in terms of connections that they can form and so um and it just makes us different you know it's it yeah. turns out that you, both of those the both of those ways of dealing with a, any situation in the world are 
are, are sometimes one of them is going to be really good and sometimes the other one's going to be really good or some combination of the two. You, you've got to have them both. That's so that, um, and I love the fact that, that not only is the, the most gifted linguist put up here to the front, but it's, it's a woman. Yeah. Sorry. So, so the odds are she's probably going to seek that kind of solution, which turns out to be the right, that turns out to be the right answer. Yeah. We've got to all be talking to each other and, uh, you know, at the risk of getting political cast, I really needed to hear somebody say that right now. <laughs> I needed to go see a movie where they said, you know what? We better be joining hands. That's how yeah. we're going to, that's how we're going to survive. Yeah. So Lee, I want to ask you, what do you think of the whole, um, and this happens a lot in movies, so much, so much in movies. It's really a shame. But at the first notion of we don't understand something, we don't completely get why you're here. We're going to give you a countdown and we're going to blow you up if we, <laughs> if we think there's any chance of a threat. You know, it, I, I just... I just hate it when that happens. And, you know, of course, it wasn't our country that was going to do it. We said it was China or some, some other country. Oh, no, in this movie. China, <laughs> because we wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, because we wouldn't do that. Yeah. yeah we it, did it in the day the earth stood still, though. Yeah, yeah um, that's true. That's true. Do you do you dislike that because you don't think it's it's fair? You think that's not what would happen? Well, I mean, I'm. I'm pretty sure it's what would happen, but <laughs> but I don't. That's a like, good reason for not liking it. <laughs> yeah, but but I, I don't like the notion of us just resorting to I'm gonna blow it up if we don't understand it, you know. And you can you can even make that analogous to things around the world today, you know. Let's yeah. let's let's try to get an understanding of what's going on before we just come down to the ultimatum. We're gonna blow it up, which I mean, honestly, I, I don't see how do you think they can blow this thing up or declare war on this thing when they it's just floating in midair and it it produces no radiation or anything right. logical by our um, scientific studies or whatever so but they're gonna blow it up so i i don't know <laughs> i did wonder about that too that that has got to give any uh uh real science fiction fan a a, a, a big chuckle in that movie and they're all saying <laughs> we're going to start shooting rockets at it. i think really you think that's going to do anything yeah <laughs> exactly these guys clearly have a grasp on physics that we do not understand i don't think there's anything we're going to do this but yeah but yeah beside that yeah no i i i um i hate that uh that uh that meme or that trope as well but um i i think that uh in 1954 when was the day the earth stood still you know when when klaatu came out and reached inside his his tunic for something and the guy shot him i think that most of us in the theater said yep yep that's Wait, what would happen that's but I, I, I thought keanu reese was in that movie <laughs> no, pretty good one. No, there is no remake of the day the earth stood still. <laughs> but you know, I think you know. I'm going to go back to the sociology and psychology and all of that that Lee, Lee mentioned a few minutes ago, and comment on what you just said, which is, you know, I think it goes back um, whether you're male or female. I think as a species or as a people, we have this innate desire or whether it's hardwired or not to a be scared of what you don't know and b have to conquer whatever that is and if we're scared of it the easiest way to get is don't understand it if it might hurt you just get rid of it 
you know, yeah. we, you know, we've got to show, we've got to show power. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, regardless of when you're listening to this, uh, if you're listening to us in 2016 or 2020 or found us in some un weird or un uh, <laughs> lost archive in 3030 or whenever, yeah. um, you know, this weekend there was a, um, you know, Fidel Castro died and I was watching the news and I watched, uh, two different, uh, people who are in our government, one who has been retired for 20, 30 years, the other one who's didn't make it as far as Donald Trump did. And one of them was commenting very gracefully. One of them was commenting very politically. And it was interesting to see the one who had no um, and, and I don't and I don't care uh, and, and mind saying who I'm talking about, one being Jimmy Carter, the other one being Ted Cruz. Jimmy Carter has no political aspirations. He's been there, done that, and he was actually there with, you know, th- during the time when Fidel Castro was still in power. Right. The comment that I saw from Ted Cruz seemed much more politically motivated, politically layered with with messages and I'm sitting there reading it and it's like one was graceless one was graceful and you know if you're listening if you disagree with who I think was graceless you know I'm sorry to hear that but you know that's that's my opinion but I think that ties in to you take that mindset of having even layering in your political message on top of wanting to tell this person if you can't say anything good don't say anything at all (laughs) as opposed to this other one who just acknowledged that a human being had passed and who actually knew the person and uh, you know so if you take that mindset and you put that in a real world if tomorrow morning you woke up and there are alien ships in the sky you can't tell me that it would not be spun to whatever political uh, direction you would want to spin it in, in the United States, in the UK, in China, in wherever, because those people in power need to maintain their powered position. And I think that is where, you know, that underlying of what would happen if that did happen, you've just as they've been commenting from Brexit and not Brexit or, you know, Clinton or Trump or whomever, those same people, if you put those mindsets into that scenario, what would happen? So that's my take on it. Yeah, I I think that's all true. Uh, Address your hate mail, by the way, to Kyle Jones. (laughs) (laughs) At (laughs) LeeShackelford.com. Um. Yeah, you know, you may know I worked for a while on a on a, a, a direct to cable TV series about uh, UFOs, and we talk with a lot. I, I interviewed a lot of uh, true believers and a lot of uh, you know, people who claim to have inside information and so on. And one of the things that came up in those interviews consistently was the the fact that the U.S. government has known that there that we are being visited 
by alien races. They've known this for years, and they have kept it a secret from us, and they have mocked their own people who come out and try to try to tell the truth, and you know they're willing to, to do anything, anything to keep the secret um, because they fear what would happen to our country politically um, if that were to become common knowledge, because they know that the response would probably be if not a, an aggressive one, um, which would just get us deeper into trouble, <laughs> uh, but um, but simply one that would would only ad- be to the advantage of the people who who managed to gain um, some kind of power over that information, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes so, perfect sense. So that's that's why they're still fighting to keep the secret. I don't know whether that's true or not, but boy, does that ring true. You know. Which there is a interesting uh, TV show that is on. This is totally off uh, topic here, but uh, sp- spinning off of what you just said, Lee, there's an interesting TV show on TBS right now called People of Earth, and it's made by the same uh, people that made The Office and Parks and Recreation, huh. which are is which centers around a support group of people who have been abducted. Interesting. So it's, it's it's actually kind of funny. It's 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 quirky comedy. So um, I've I've heard that I was aware of the title, but didn't have any idea that that's what the show was about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And no, and, I, and I, there's I, an inside gag that anybody that has been uh, and this isn't uh, a spoiler or anything, but anybody who says they've been hit by a deer, hmm, they've really been abducted. Interesting. All right, yeah. so back to arrival. <laughs> that yeah, is changing we, the subject. We want Still. to talk about the uh, the the big twist in the movie. Let's go for it. We talk about that. Let's go for it. So um, again, there's something. <laughs> Feel free. Try- <laughs> yeah, this is me trying to explain it. I'm yeah, explain this in a few words. I, I don't think I understand it completely, but somehow her being able to understand the language unlocks some ability. At I don't know where she can see what's in the future. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, uh, Lee, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that we learned these visions she's been having all movie were actually mm-hmm. visions of stuff that hasn't happened yet correct. versus stuff that I initially thought were that happened to her in her past. Right. And at at that point in the movie, man, my mind was just blown. I was just like sitting there, like, "What is going on?" <laughs> I was just, I, I, and it makes sense. It makes mm-hmm. sense now that if you look back, why she was so disturbed by seeing yeah. those flashbacks. Well, what we thought were flashbacks, Flashback, yeah. because it was st- stuff that hadn't happened yet. Which, and not only has this heartbreaking thing not happened to her in the past as we have always been led to believe in the movie but that now this is a heartbreak that she's going to choose to embrace interesting yes and yes. if <laughs> and that's why i said maybe you got to be a parent to get it but you, because i think there's got to be a part of you in the audience watching that saying well nobody would ask for that oh yeah i guess we all do don't we yeah yeah we do <laughs> I mean, very simply, do why would any of us deliberately want to choose to be with somebody who is, you know, probably going to die someday? Well, yeah. we yeah. all do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just don't have foresight to what's no. going to happen when, you know. 
So, and, and the only difference is that she actually knows. And she's experienced that already, which is just that more (laughs) mind blowing if you really think about it. I mean, why would you go down that road? And yeah, I I guess that's my biggest. That's the coolest (laughs) thing, but also my biggest problem with the whole movie is by the end, I'm still confused as exactly what just happened. You know, when she gets this knowledge, all these twelve spaceships around the world just st- disappear um and it's just like i i you know to be to be honest to be completely honest i got that interstellar vibe mm. from the end of this movie um i just i was i was just shocked <laughs> what about you, know, you lee i could i could go i came out of the theater saying this this works where to me interstellar does not and and as a screenwriter i felt like um Interstellar's the 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 uh, sort of the unfolding of its last act of its storytelling. I, I felt it felt to me like there was a room full of writers saying, "Okay, uh, we painted ourselves into a corner. What do we do now? Okay, let's say that uh, time and space have all been altered, and so we can actually manipulate events so that the you know." And I thought, hey, "You guys are bailing. This was not." <laughs> but in but in uh, Arrival, it's clear that this was the plan, the very carefully laid out plan from the beginning. And all the pieces slide into place so that we have that moment that, that Clarence and I are describing of going, oh, <laughs> that hadn't actually happened yet. Yeah. But she's, wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I, <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to take it actually in a different direction. When you, when you said, you know, how could she go into it knowing, uh, you know, what's going to happen and then, you know, still choosing to proceed on, knowing what's in store, knowing what's going to happen. And you know how I do. I love to associate things back with Doctor Who. But that reminds me so much of you look at the Doctor's um, relationship with River. And Mm -hmm. in the first meeting, he sees her die and knows that she will come to the library and she will die. And regardless of saving her or whatever, he goes and even has that moment of, you know, I can change, you know, let me do something, let me change it. And she says, no, don't, don't, you know, I, you know, don't change one line, don't you dare. So, you know, in a way that's so similar to, to this is, yes, you had that foresight so that, so every single time he meets her, up until the point of last Christmas when, uh, you know, they went to Trenzalore. I'm mean, not Trenzalore, uh, the, the towers. So, you know, you had that really? foreknowledge. So in a way, that's quite similar to, you know, it is. what happened here. If you look at it from the mindset of what um, the lead character here is, now you're realizing, oh, wow, this is so different than what, you know, you thought at the beginning. Yeah, and, and just to explain a little bit further what happens in the movie, she eventually, I guess, marries uh, Jer- Jeremy Renner's character. And, you know, for some reason, I think maybe she's the only one that knows the language because she writes a book and mm-hmm. it has all the symbols and stuff in it. So maybe she's the only one that fully understands what the language is about because after marrying, marrying Jeremy Renner, she, they have, 
they I guess they conceive and she tells him that the kid is going to die. And for that reason, he leaves her because, you know, this we saw this way back at the beginning of the movie. I think he, uh, mm-hmm. he says, why would you have a kid when you know or how could you do this when you know it's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it. it <laughs> I'm still my brain is still <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Why is she the only one with this ability and why does she wait to tell him, which, again, going back to what you guys just said. The reason is she doesn't want to change what's going to happen because she want to relieve really live it anyway. But you know, she's—I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm lost for words. But could it be that the entire object of this movie is to create the response to which you just described as being? It made me think to the point to where I'm at a loss of words. It's I not just, so. it's yep. not that I went to a movie for two hours and, you know, um, bang, 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 you know, explosion, explosion, and kill the aliens, all hell, whatever yeah. the people are, and end a movie, credits. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think this is what, what really good art does, is you, you, you come out shaken, you come out changed and say, I'm not entirely intellectually sure what just happened, but viscerally, I know... <laughs> I have experienced something important. Yeah. And, yeah. and for me, I, you know, I'm old enough now to have, to have done a lot of, um, loving and losing and, um, and, and asking that question, if you had it to do all over again, you know, and, and the answer always keeps coming back. Yeah. Yeah. For all the heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. I do it yeah. over. And she's literally presented with that choice. Now that you know, would you do it anyway? Yeah. All right, so and let me let me ask another uh, deep question to both of you. So let's you know you take any of those moments that you just referred to, Lee. Any any of those moments for any of us or any character, would it not be true, or would it not be a true statement to say even if you took out the most minute seeming memory or event or whatever? and remove that from the canvas that it makes character A or character B, character A or character B, if you removed something that seems so minute, is it possible or impossible for that character or that person or whomever to still be the same person or could there be ramifications and so forth? So either of you, take that one. Mm. Lee, you're the writer. Go for it. I was going to say, you notice how I how I was ready to throw Clarence under the bus there. <laughs> yeah, take that, one, Clarence. <laughs> well, I, this is one of our big debates in comics, isn't it? Is that, that when you retcon something and, and change yeah. somebody's origin, then you, you say, well, no, that now you've changed everything that we've ever known about them. You, you can't just uh, whisk the carpet out from somebody like that. It's... Uh, uh, it, it means you really are starting over. I, yeah. I, I, when you change things in people's lives, you, you end up with a different person. That's what I think. What do you think, Clarence? Uh, true, true. Um, again, you, you, we're looking at this, this, this time thing where she's going back and she has knowledge of the future. What, how do you know what you're doing? Isn't 
changing something for the bad or the good? You know, do you is she remembering stuff in so detail she knows exactly what to say when? I don't know. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like Lee just said, I agree with what he said. I mean, of course, it's going to change things. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's the right way to think about it. You know, and I think I think you both hit on uh, what my thought, you know, a little bit. Both of you did. But my thought would be without any of us knowing what one event, my, whether it be minute, whether it be great or whatever, what is the or what are the domino effects or the ramifications or the butterfly effect or the ripple effect or whatever effect you want to refer to, whatever you want to call it, removing one little item like, for instance, let's say, and again, here I'm going with uh, Doctor Who reference, the turn left reference. Mm-hmm. Um, just the decision to turn left and go in a different direction could have catastrophic events. So someone decides to go home a different route on day 200 as opposed to going home the other uh same way that they've gone home 199 times before that just so happens that going left or going right or going straight or whatever causes that person's death or causes them to be in an accident that has uh you know the death of someone else so there's um that not having the foresight to be able to say what those um actions could impact I think is the answer to my question, but tying it back into the movie, she did have somewhat of a foresight because of the things that happened to her. And I think that's what gave the um, descriptions that you two just gave so much more weight is the fact that she did have all of that. She, she knew that and yet she chose to still do what she did. And part of what makes the film exciting for us in the audience is that she's got two puzzles to solve simultaneously. And she doesn't, even though we, we, we come to understand that she's getting glimpses of the future, they're not whole and complete. So she doesn't have certain knowledge about what to do, but she's getting little pieces of what it all means or how it connects. And so she's not only got to understand why she is seeing these things that she's seeing. But we also have the problem to solve of um, the implications of the discoveries that she's making in the language. The the the, the pivotal one being when um, somebody else's uh, efforts to decode the language come up with the word weapon. And she immediately says, that is a, that is a very rich uh, and complex concept that could be tool. That could be yeah. instrument, that could be device, that could be almost yeah. anything. And the army guys are already saying, nope, it said weapon. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. No, they didn't. They Maybe they did, but maybe they didn't. And, yeah. you know, uh, like, so as everything we know, is, is on a razor's edge, just as you're yeah. saying. If at this moment we decide to go this way, then that's what's going to happen. But maybe we need to go yeah. the other way. We, yeah. It made me think about, like, how some words don't translate across languages. You right. know, they might not have the level of detail for a word that you have in their language or vice versa. So right. yeah, that's, yeah, so that's a very is. good point. But um, okay. if it's, I want to go, go talk uh, uh, a little bit more about, uh, about gender in this movie that um, I right, go for it. 
and and I hope that in in your uh, when we when we put this on the website that we can link to uh, to my wife's uh, blog piece about this because uh, um, this is something that she studies and is interested in and um, and I thought she wrote so she wrote beautifully about it. Well, one of the things that that touched her especially and that I was very conscious of as well is that the lead in this woman is the lead in this woman the lead in this film is a woman who is um, not only slip. incredibly smart and. Um, um, you know, uniquely gifted for the the task that's uh, that's before her, a- and she is not sexualized. She's there to be a woman, but she's not there to be. Um, well, as Karen said, she's not an underwear model. Yes, yes. So most of the time when we see her, she's she's wearing lots of clothes, <laughs> lots and yeah. lots, so that yeah. she almost doesn't have a shape at all. The fact that she's a woman um, is about that sort of consensual thinking. Uh, as opposed to hierarchical thinking I was talking about, and her um, and, and a maternal uh, connection that we don't understand until the end of the movie. But that's it. Those are the aspects of her femininity that, that the film turns on. And it's just not about, it's just, I don't know, it's so refreshing. My God, it's so refreshing. And Jeremy Renner gets to play the traditional, the role that is traditionally the, the love yeah. interest, the, the, the female. Yeah. And he's always a, about a step behind her and one to the left. And um, they're very careful about this. When they first embark into the spaceship, you'll notice that she she falls forward and somebody has to catch her. And just for a second, I thought, wow, that's the most um, let's help the girl out yeah. that this film has gone so Certainly. far. And then the next moment is he makes the same step and falls flat on his face. Yeah, which was great because, like you said, they they took away that one second of she's a woman kind of out of the film with showing that, okay, maybe you actually do need help when you get (laughs) Right. Well, yeah, all it did was was show you how difficult this actually is. Right. Yeah. And then after it's all over, he's really the one who has the breakdown. I mean, he's he's, he's, uh, throwing up in the trash can and so on. Yes. And – uh, you know, and it, which doesn't make him, it doesn't make him weak or seem silly. You know, it's just, that's exactly what I would do. And I, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's just so refreshing to see those things stood on their head. And, um, it's, it's one of the, and the film does it without pointing a big red arrow to it either. It's just there. And, uh, yes, certainly. It, well, certainly. See, I think that's the times when things like what you're describing Lee actually work. It's mm. different when, it's it's like the, they have the big big red arrow as you said that's pointing saying we changed this or pay attention to this or look 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 but when you don't need that and then you still have something else going on that makes you say what you just did that's when it works yeah so on the uh overall uh would you guys think that this is a standalone movie? Do you think it was left open to be something, you know, The Arrival 2 or what? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. No, no. Yeah. no way. Yeah, that, I mean, I didn't think so, but I just so. was curious. Yeah. Your thoughts. But, you know, I said that about 2001. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and uh, Arthur C. Clarke got three more books out of that. Or, or uh, 2010, 2016, Yeah. So <laughs> anything is possible. But I would hate to see an arrival too. I think I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. Arrives again. Well, I'm still skeptical about the Incredibles <laughs> too. So let's. Hey, uh, late arrival. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Corny name, but hey, there we go. Uh, they had a late arrival. 
somebody will want to do it. Um, So, Clarence, what did you, uh, what was your overall thinking of the movie? Uh, I have to say, again, like the the similarities I got to In the Stellar at the end kind of was were, were off putting to me. Um, overall, I still enjoyed the movie. I thought the pacing could have been a little bit tighter, but by the time you get to the last fifteen minutes of the film, you see why we had all those lulls, all those flashbacks. They make more sense in that context. But I have to say, while I was watching the movie, uh, I was like, we're doing an awful lot of flashbacks. It's kind of getting on my nerves. But again, they kind of explain it off. And like Lee mentioned, it'll make sense, probably a lot more sense once you watch it again. Um, I do wish the the resolution would have been a bit more... um, cleaned up a, a little, little bit more, a little bit more ex- explanation, but you know, it's good to have open-ended discussions sometimes about these things. So, uh, I think that's okay. Overall, I would probably give it a three and a half out of five. Um, just because of those points I just mentioned, I, you know, I, I just couldn't get over those things for some reason. <laughs> and it's sad to say, cause I love, seeing sci-fi brought to the big screen and and in this case you know uh in which we're seeing more lately a lot of strong women in these positions which which make they they you know it's good to see a great film with a strong female lead behind it and uh yeah it just i don't think it was really my cup of tea but that being said I can't say that I really expected something hugely different. You know, it's kind of, I kind of knew what I was getting when I was going in to a certain extent, but that end, man, <laughs> that end. So right. about you guys. All right, Lee, what did you think? What did you, what, what's uh, your final with, thoughts? You know, this is my, this is entirely my cup of tea. So I've got to give it five out of five. I just, uh, it, it's, it's been my favorite film this year. And, um, as I wrote to somebody the other day, this, this may be my favorite film for many a year. Um, and, and, it, it's funny as we were talking about. It, I was just thinking that we we were sort of I, I was sort of putting down um, uh, the big special effects heavy movies, you know, as we as we come to say. But uh, this is a special effects heavy movie, and I, I think uh, Clarence will back me up here. The effects are gorgeous. Yes, yes. Holy smoke! Some of the things in it that you've never seen on the screen before are amazing. So it, it is a it is a visual feast in that way. And uh, so I, I recommend it to everybody for that, <laughs> for, for that alone. Um, you know, yeah, I just loved everything about it. You know, I think this is going to be, or for, for me, it's one of those movies that when you go through the story of the movie the second time through and see it, it mm-hmm. is, you know, this, you know, and understand it completely. And, and for me, the second time through of going through the story, I think it's one of those that you'll go. Oh well, this makes so much more sense, and this mm-hmm. has so many more layers. Uh, but I think anything that could prompt the discussion that we've had for the last hour, which you know is not your traditional "let's blow up something" movie, I think is like you said, Lee, a very great success as far as a story. So for that, I think it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think it's going to be one of those movies I go and do more research on. I mean, in addition to uh, 
to Dr. Shackelford's article as well as other articles. I'll be reading to try to see what <laughs> what people actually um, what their uh, you know when people have time to dive into what's going on to to try to give their conclusion of of how to explain what happened at the end, which I did with Interstellar as well. So, yeah, it's a good exercise. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's the kind of film that is probably going to strike people differently at different times in their lives, uh-huh. if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, that's just like you go back and you watch a movie. We, Any of us, any of the three of us or anybody listening watched – 20 years ago, 30 years ago, yeah. 10 years ago, and you watch it again for the first time, you relate to those characters completely different, perhaps, mm-hmm. than you did your original time seeing it. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think we have arrived and pretty <laughs> much talked this movie up. So, uh, Lee, I know you are working on something that is, you know, I don't think... Uh, related to this, but it is perhaps in space, and yeah, it's 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 related. It's uh, yeah, it's it's uh, there there are there are some similar touchstones. And and speaking of, before Lee says what this is, I will yeah. say that I have had a sneak peek, and I think this is going to be something that people are going to enjoy. So let me go ahead and say that. Good. So tell everybody what I'm talking about talking about um my uh, my still as yet proposed uh radio drama podcast called relativity can you believe that there isn't a podcast or another show out there called relativity i have a <laughs> theory about to, that but i was okay i was able to well yeah um i, I got one too <laughs> uh, they, but, uh, they, 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 they were waiting for you to create it that's my theory yeah oh uh no uh, <laughs> I I can't account for it myself, but um, anyway, but yeah, um, what what there is, what exists of it, you can find uh, on the website relativitypodcast.com. But we are going into production uh, immediatamente, so very soon you'll be hearing actual episodes of the show. So and I can't wait. I can't wait. So I appreciate your support. Well, thank you. Well, Clarence, what else are you working on? Uh, nothing much, just the stuff I mentioned at the top, um, just the uh, com. We'll have a new episode coming soon. But other than that, no, just enjoying the, the the colder weather and, you know, hopefully it doesn't get too cold too soon. <laughs> exactly. Clarence, I'm, I'm, I have uh, tried and failed to find your podcast, and I think it's because I'm not spelling the name right. <laughs> and I wonder if other listeners would have, would also appreciate having it spelled out. All right, so out let's spell them. it out. Yeah. Uh, it's like tech and expedition, like T E C H P E D I T I O N dot com. Yeah, I've actually been putting an X in it. Okay, but it is <laughs> but it is tech pedition or tech pedition. Go go to discussingwho dot com. Down toward the bottom, we have a uh, couple. We've got a box that rotates every time we refresh the page. It goes to right now. There is another podcast, Reality Breached as well as Techpedition, as well as something that Lee and I are a part of, which is Doctor Who Podshock, as well as one more, which is something that two other Podshockers are a part of, which is the Cultum Collective. So uh, you can find that and just click on the picture and it will take you to Techpedition. I didn't know that refreshed that little (laughs) thing. That's pretty cool. Cool veins. 
right. Kyle, anything you're working on that you want to talk about real quick? Um, other than I will be uh, speaking, we were talking about editing earlier. I'll be editing this and another episode we have just recorded. Hope to get those out in the next couple of weeks. And um, we will be back soon with Power of the Daleks, not saying what episode number. <laughs> we will also be back. Uh, we'll try to, I know the holidays are coming up, so we'll try to get in couple of more episodes in december so considering the fact that uh this is almost time for the holidays if you are listening to us in uh real time which is whenever this episode goes out (laughs) uh happy holidays uh for you for 2016 upcoming for any for whatever holiday you celebrate and if you're listening to us in the future you know if it's not a holiday season I uh, hope there's one coming up for you that you can celebrate. So there you yeah, go. I hope so. So there you go. Well, gentlemen, um, appreciate your time this evening. And unless you guys have anything else, which is interesting, I always say, unless you have anything <laughs> else, and then I just go ahead and end it. So I, I guess I should actually say, since we don't have anything else, yes, <laughs> we go. are out of here. You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.